0: A big motivator for me is that when I started this process is I really wanted to walk the Camino for my 30th birthday. And the Camino is a 500-mile trek across Spain. It was something way outside my comfort zone. Not only was that trip kind of intimidating, then at the financial aspect of it was really intimidating, but wanting to do that trip kind of propelled me to figure this stuff out
1: would you love to be able to have that kind of opportunity today we'll go over how you can set up your finances so that you'll have more option and time for the people and projects you love welcome to simplify and enjoy the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence I'm your host El Martinez this podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. As a kid, one of my favorite kinds of books to read were those choose-your-own-adventure stories. Do you remember those? And it always pretty much began the same. But based on the choices you made, you could go on so many different adventures, some of them had dozens of different endings. You could discover buried treasure, time travel, go to space, whatever the adventure was. Fast forward a few years, and now my favorite type of video game to play include RPGs. Why? Because you have some room to craft out your own adventures. I feel like financial independence is like those books and games. You decide how you're going to go through it. Yes, there is an end point, which is when you hit financial independence or financial freedom, but in the middle, you have flexibility, not just the goal, but also the journey. You want it to make it work for you and your family. It doesn't always feel that way, though. There's this narrative that gets pushed that there's a certain type of way to fi, specifically as fast as possible. Yeah, sorry, but no Thanks. I think that the journey is just as valuable as the destination. If you've been turned off by that segment of FI, or you just want to have more flexibility with your plan, I think you'll enjoy today's episode. To help me out is Deanna Miriam. She's the founder of Economy, who knows firsthand the joys and challenges of carving out your own FI path. In this episode, we're gonna jump into how Deanna paid off $30,000 of debt and jumpstarted her FIPath. path. How working towards financial independence opened up more options and allowed her to take risk, including that trip you heard in the teaser. And then we're gonna get into how you can create a plan that fits you and your family. Are you ready? Let's get started. One of the joys to me about financial independence is that flexibility and freedom you have. But it's also a little confusing when you're first coming into the space. There are certain voices that may be more popular or louder. So if you don't mind, could we kind of jump into what exactly does financial independence mean to you?
0: Financial independence to me is really about creating options. It's Mm -hmm. about having that financial security for you to explore what you want. I think some people approach financial independence because they know that they want a homestead, right? We were just talking Mm -hmm. about frugal wins, right? That's the the reason why they did everything that they did, or they Mm -hmm. know that they want to reach financial independence so that they can have kids and stay home with their kids. Like some people Mm -hmm. have very specific goals of mm-hmm. why they're doing it. Other people, I think I fall into this camp is like, maybe we don't know what we ultimately want. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're looking for financial bandwidth to explore. So yeah. I I like to think of it as it's creating options. I'm very attracted to the idea of having full autonomy over my time and not really having to subscribe to the whole nine to five until you're 65. That's really exciting for me. Yeah, I think that that pretty much sums it up the way that I look at
1: it. I feel the same way. That was the initial draw for that. I I know the idea of never having to work again is a pull for some people, but for my husband and I, when we were talking about it, it was like you said, having this bandwidth or having these options available to us to see, hey, is this something we want to do or explore? Uh, I want to kind of go a little bit back in time because I was looking at your journey and the amazing accomplishments you had, especially paying off like $30,000 of debt in less than a year. How did you first of all initially find out about financial independence and discover that?
0: Yeah, so it was the fall of 2015. Okay. And I was 28 at the time. I'm approaching my 30th birthday. Like it's looming, right? I think mm-hmm. 30 is one of those really reflective years where you're just like what am I doing with my life, right? And so I actually ran a credit report on myself during that time. It was the first time that I've ever done that because I knew I had debt, but I was just kind of paying the minimums on my credit cards and I had some student loans. I never actually looked at my collective debt. That was like the real eye opening moment for me that, oh, wow, I'm in 30 grand of debt. I didn't realize like that just kind of slipped under the radar for me. And so I I was trying to wrap my head around what to do about this. A friend of mine had sent me a post from Mr. Money Mustache. It may have been the one where like your debt's an emergency. You got to treat this like your hair is on fire, (laughs) but it really impacted me. I think up until finding that blog, most of what I read about personal finance had Mm -hmm. this tone of struggle to it. Like Mm -hmm. this is going to be so hard for you to to get out of debt. It's going to feel like deprivation to reduce your mm-hmm. expenses. When I read Mr. Money Mustache, there's just this tone of optimism to it. Mm-hmm. This kind of realization that I am so privileged and I am mm-hmm. really wasting my privilege. That's what really struck me, you know, mm-hmm. making my lunch every day to bring to work. That is not a hardship. That's actually a first world problem, right? I have food. I have a roof over my head. It made me really grateful for the things that I had. And and also to recognize that money is an incredible resource that can open up a lot of options. I used to think that I was going to figure out my debt when I was making more money, right? Mm Right. I think the realization that I didn't have so much of an income problem. Some people do, right? Some people Mm -hmm. really do need to increase their income. I don't think that was my situation. I think my problem was the wasteful spending and being completely mindless about it recognizing that this isn't something that's going to get solved by increasing my income. This is a mm-hmm. money management issue. I I had this realization that if I can't manage a thousand dollars, what makes me think I'm going to be able to manage a million dollars, right? Money management is a lot about habits and behaviors. And so I really wanted to dive into that at that point in my life. And I would say Mr. Money Mustache really inspired me in that way.
1: Yeah, I remember reading that article as well. It's funny how you say there's this undertone of optimism. I would agree because on the surface level, though, he's very like blunt and and direct and how he feels about certain situations, very strong feelings like, hey, your dad is like your hair is on fire. Get rid of it. Kind of want to break it down a a little bit further, especially like you said, $30,000 of debt. Uh, Was that like student loans, credit cards, or a mix of everything?
0: So half of it was student loans, which doesn't sound too bad, right? Like 15 Mm -hmm. grand in student loans is nothing. However, I went to college on a full academic scholarship. I should have had no loans, but I, the student loans were offered to me for living expenses. No one explained to me, you don't have to take this money. I just thought like, oh, this is what I do. You know, like I'm just taking out these loans. And so, yeah, that was half of my debt. The other half was credit card debt just from living beyond my means. Again, mm-hmm. I thought it was something that I would solve when I was making more money.
1: And I just didn't really worry about it too much in my twenties. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. How behind, mm-hmm. you know, paying off that debt. Everyone has the choices that they make, like where do I cut back? You mentioned it wasn't an income problem. It was more your expenses. With that financial independence mindset, when you were reviewing your budget, what were some changes that you made so you were able to one, tackle that, and then to start making progress towards your you know, FI goals?
0: Yeah. I would say probably my biggest area that I cut back on was going out. Like I was partying a lot in my twenties. I was going out nearly every night spending, you know, money on meals out and drinking Mm -hmm. and partying with my friends. Right. So that was probably the biggest area that I cut back on. Mm -hmm. I did adopt this kind of process whenever Mm -hmm. I was thinking about spending money. So if I wanted to buy something, I would kind of pause and have a moment to think, is this a want or is it a need? That's probably Mm -hmm. the hardest question, right? Because a lot of us think that we really need something when it's Mm -hmm. actually much more of a want. So really meditating on that was like a whole new way of looking at spending for me. So I spent a lot of time thinking about that kind of stuff. Then I would ask myself, okay, if this is an actual need, Is there a more resourceful way for me to meet this need? Can I borrow something from a friend? Can I repurpose something that I already have? If I'm going to buy it, can I buy it used at a lower Mm -hmm. cost? I would go through this mental process and then ultimately would get to if I was going to spend money or not. I think that really helped open up my creativity and resourcefulness in a way Mm -hmm. that I had never experienced before. For example, We all have clothing needs, right? We need to clothe ourselves. During the time that I was getting out of debt, I wasn't spending any money on clothing. But what I did is I would host these clothing exchanges with my friends. So we'd all clear out our closets. We'd spend an afternoon in my apartment, like drinking mimosas, listening to music and trying on each other's clothes. I walked away from that with like a full closet of more fashionable clothes than I would have ever bought for myself. Not only was that a more resourceful way of getting my need met, and that I wasn't actually spending any money. I would Mm -hmm. say that that solution was actually far superior than mindlessly swiping a credit card. It was more fun. I got to spend Mm -hmm. time with people. I walked away with clothes that I probably wouldn't have thought to buy for myself. And I had a lot of experiences like that. For example, I had a new neighbor that moved in the apartment Mm -hmm. below me and I just see them passing in the hallway. I welcomed them they said, we're waiting, we're trying to get our internet set up. Do you mind if we just use yours for like a couple of days until they come and, and you know, get our internet installed? I said, sure. Just figured, mm-hmm. Hey, if they abuse it, I could change the password, like no big deal. Right. Yeah. So I give them the password to my internet. They lived right below me. I just noticed that it didn't affect the functionality of the internet for me at all. It didn't slow mm-hmm. it down for me. It was like, I didn't even notice that they were using it. So I said to them, Hey, why don't we just mm-hmm. split my bill? Like, why don't you just stay on this? Don't get your own. Let's cut that bill in half for both of us. You know, and Mm -hmm. that is probably not something I would ever think to do if I didn't discover financial independence in this Mm. mindset of really being mindful about spending and figuring out ways to cut
1: back. Yeah. I, I love that because the examples you've given, I think also speak beyond the financial benefits of looking at the FI lifestyle, which is one, being more mindful and conscious of any spending that we're doing. And then two, like you mentioned with that clothing exchange, it's beneficial for the environment. We're not producing more goods. We're reusing um, in the best way what we already have. So I, yeah. I love that. I know for different people, financial independence opens up opportunities, either professionally or personally. You've paid off the debt and, and saving up like 60% of your income. yeah, or mm-hmm. significant amount. What changes or opportunities now became available that you took advantage of?
0: Oh my gosh. My life looks completely different than when mm-hmm. I was in debt. So a big motivator for me is that when I started this process is I really wanted to walk the Camino for my 30th birthday. And the Camino is a 500-mile trek across Spain. It was something way outside my comfort zone. Not only was that trip kind of intimidating. Then at the financial aspect of it was really intimidating, but wanting to do that trip kind of propelled me to figure this stuff out. I was able to negotiate with my employer to take a leave of absence, to take a sabbatical nice. that was unpaid. So I didn't get paid for two months. Plus I had to fund that trip. And I think it, it probably cost me around six or seven grand to be able okay. to go and do that. But that was an incredible life experience that I wouldn't trade for the world. So that was kind of like my initial opening up Mm. an option that I don't know that I would have ever had the courage to even ask for that if I didn't have a financial safety net. I like Mm -hmm. to say that if they would have denied my request for a leave of absence, that I would have just gone anyway. Who knows if that that was true. (laughs) But I told myself at the time that my financial resources and the savings that I was doing would have made that option possible if I wanted to exercise that option. So not only asked for the two months off but i mm. also asked for a remote working arrangement oh, which was nice. not the norm this was in 2017 so now with the pandemic it's a lot more common to to mm. look for opportunities to work remotely but i was in new york city And I just felt like I wanted to try something else. Mm -hmm. I felt like, look, I had no debt, no man, no kids. I had the kind of freedom that people Mm -hmm. dream about. And I wanted to go explore and do something with this. I had a friend who I was really close to in New York and she went to school in Cincinnati and then Mm -hmm. ended up moving back to Cincinnati. I visited her like three times in 2016 and I just really liked it. Cincinnati Mm -hmm. is It's obviously a much smaller city, but to me, it has all of the benefits of a big city with like none of the downsides. It just felt like time slowed down when I got here Mm -hmm. and not in that like maddening way that New Yorkers hate where there's no sense of urgency. Like it wasn't like that. It was like a good (laughs) slowing down. I just thought, I wanna try this. So Mm -hmm. I negotiated with my employer to let me work remotely, to let me take the two months off. Then after I got back from the Camino, working from home allowed mm-hmm. me to, I've always wanted a dog, you know? And so I adopted mm-hmm. my best friend. He's like the love of my life dog named buddy. And I also bought a house, which is something I never thought that I would do led to funding my own business, which I know we'll talk a little bit about the economy yeah. conference. And ultimately this year I actually quit my job in January. I quit my full-time job without being financially independent. I think that FI opens up a lot of doors when you're mm-hmm. separating, like your need for your livelihood to come from your work. That is like the ultimate, right? To reach FI. But I actually think there's a lot of freedom that opens up along the way that I don't think is talked about enough. I think at a certain level of savings, so I reached Coast FI, Mm -hmm. which means that I have enough money in my retirement vehicles that I no longer need to save for traditional retirement. That's a Mm -hmm. level of opening up a level of the game, I guess you could say. I also have something I like to call Peace out, money for the Mm -hmm. polite among us, which means that I personally have two years of living expenses liquid that I could easily access. So I've got a year in cash and a year in an after-tax brokerage. When I came to this crossroads with my Mm -hmm. employer, it was like, okay, I still need to work, but I no Mm -hmm. longer need to work somewhere that's not ideal. That is an option that has opened up to me, even though I'm not yet fi and. I like to talk about this because I don't think enough people do that. Mm -hmm. I think people are waiting for FI to (laughs) take these risks, right? Or to walk away from a job that no longer serves them, which I don't know that we necessarily have to wait
1: that long. Yeah, I I completely agree. I know, again, there's like different flavors and they come up with different names, you know, in the FI space, Uh, Slow slow FI, where Mm -hmm. as, and I believe I was talking... Brad from I about this. Like, it's not an off on switch. I think that's the misconception is like, okay, when I reach this, then all this opens up. It's like, no, when the debt's paid off, you have a little bit of freedom here. You've built up that savings. I want to talk to you a little bit about your business because it's comes from this space of yeah. financial independence and spreading it. Starting any business is a lot of work. Live events, are like another layer up for me, the way I see all the logistics. And then to run a conference. First of all, why did you start Economy? And what was your reason behind it? What do you hope people can get from it?
0: Sure. Well, economy originated from me Mm -hmm. dreaming up. Like what would I want to do with my time if I no longer needed to work for money? I mean, Mm -hmm. when people would ask me like, what is your why for five? And like, what are you going to do when you reach five? I used to say, I'm going to create this party about money. Like that's Mm -hmm. what I thought that I would do. I just got so excited about it that I couldn't wait. (laughs) That's why I did it sooner, but I'm actually really glad that I didn't wait because I think starting a business has a lot of risk to it. There were a lot of things that I couldn't anticipate, like a global pandemic, (laughs) right? And so I ended up taking a huge loss on the business in the first year. And I think if I didn't have my 60% savings rate and my good income, it would have probably been too much of a risk for me to handle if I didn't have that. I was able to really kind of self-fund this startup phase because I had an income while I was building this. I would say really- what inspired me is I love to go to in-person events. Mm -hmm. There's this one event that I go to every year called the world domination summit, which sounds crazy, right? (laughs) Like who produces that pinky (laughs) in the brain, but, (laughs) but actually Mr. Money Mustache spoke at it one year and that's how I found out about it. For someone that's as frugal as I had learned to become through getting out of debt you know, a ticket Mm -hmm. to world domination summit is like $700. I will tell you Mm -hmm. that it is worth every penny. I don't think the pursuit of FI is about like not spending money or spending as little as possible. I think it's spending it on things where you get the most value and just being very critical about where those dollars are going. Every time I would go to world domination summit, I would leave feeling like my life is so full of possibility I would meet these incredible people that were living very unconventional lives and being surrounded by that energy, just it has an effect on you. And you start Mm -hmm. to like think more expansively about Mm -hmm. what, what you could do with your time. I wanted to create something that gave that feeling to other people, but about their money. That was really exciting to me. I think economy and what people get out of it. Now, As far as tactics and how to manage your Mm -hmm. money and how to pursue fire, there are so much, many blogs, podcasts, there's so much out there for free that, that you can learn how to do this. Like you don't Mm -hmm. need to go to a live event for that. I think the live event is much more about inspiration and community. One of my favorite quotes is if you look at your inner circle and you're not inspired, then you don't have a circle. You have a cage. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel this way on their pursuit to FI is they can't talk to their friends and families about this. People yeah. don't understand them. When I was first getting into this, I was making my own face wash and laundry <laughs> detergent and like people thought I was so weird. Right. And so yeah. to be able to connect with other people that have a similar interest on this taboo topic, I think is really important for the journey. I look at the people that I've met from going to like Camp Phi, Camp Mustache, mm-hmm. and even World Domination Summit, like my social circle today are like all people that are pursuing Phi, And yeah. they are some of the smartest, most generous people I've ever met. And I just feel like my journey is richer because mm-hmm. of the people that I've surrounded myself with. First of all, if I could say like there's any Kind of dream for economy, I would yeah. love for someone to meet their spouse there. Honestly, <laughs> like that would just <laughs> thrill me that, like, either someone met their best friend or their mm-hmm. spouse at economy. That would be so much fun. But yeah, we have main stage speakers mm-hmm. that are talking about five from the tactical side of things like, what do you do about student loan debt? How, how do you approach credit card hacking? What do you do when you get a big medical bill? There's Mm -hmm. those kinds of tactical topics, but then there's also a lot of inspiration. Like the most popular speech from the first economy, which was last year, one week before everything shut down (laughs) was from Jackie Cummings Kosky. And Mm. she was a single black mother who found the fire movement at 38 and she never made six figures Mm -hmm. and she was able to retire before 50. She did it in like a decade, and her presentation was called The Real Numbers Behind Firing. And she showed all of her numbers, like, she s- showed specifically how she did it. I think it was really inspirational for people because Phi mm-hmm. can feel unattainable for a lot of us. But when you see people that maybe have similar circumstances to you, Doing it and succeeding and thriving in how they're able to save and invest, it just makes it feel more possible. So, yeah, all that yeah. and more at the economy conference.
1: Wow. Well, <laughs> I know there's going to be those listening, they're like, I am ready to go. Plus, after this year that we've had, they're ready to connect. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, if they wanted to learn more, what's the best way they can do that?
0: Yeah, so if you go to economyconference.com and that's mm-hmm. economy with an M-E, not an M-Y. <laughs> I, if you look at the spelling of my first name, you'll notice that I, I really enjoy misspelled words. <laughs> so anyway, economy with an Emmy, uh, mm-hmm. there you can check out the speaker lineup. You can buy tickets. They're on sale. Now uh, the event is actually happening at the university of Cincinnati on November 13th and 14th of this year. You can also go to just search for economy conference on YouTube mm-hmm. and all of the speeches from last year. I put up there for free. I've got professional videography, just like mm-hmm. Ted talks where you can watch a Ted talk on, on YouTube. It's a similar idea. So yeah, you can check out the speeches from last year and kind of get a feel for the vibe.
1: This segment is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. If you want to live better, you got to bank better. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I got from speaking with Deanna and preparing this episode. The first is that your FI journey should be just as enjoyable as the goal. I get that there are times when you need to buckle down. High interest debts specifically can be a huge drain on your wallet, so I understand knocking that out as soon as possible. However, if you're looking for something sustainable, you have to keep an eye out on the pace that you're going so you can stay motivated and how that fits in with your plan. As parents, it's important for us to make sure that our girls have the time and attention that they need and that we're enjoying this together. You could be in the same boat. So don't feel like you have to compare yourself with someone who is financially independent or early retirement in like five to 10 years if that doesn't make sense for where you are in this season of life. The second is expect to pivot on your plans. Life is about change. Sometimes I feel like we can get stuck because we worry if we make a decision, we're stuck with this decision. But the great thing is once you get started with your plan, if you have to switch up, which usually that's what happens, you're able to because you have that momentum. It's so much easier to pivot and change. Having those financial habits and systems in place is a huge win. Finally, community matters. Whenever you're doing something different than what's going on around you and phi FI fits into that category, it makes things much easier if you have a community that's supportive and understands the decisions you're making and the why behind it. So, if you want to think out loud or talk with other families who are looking for more options through phi, please join our free Facebook group Thriving Families. We're there to support one another, swap ideas and stories and tips. You can sign up at simplifyandenjoy.com slash FB. We'd love to see you there. Special thanks to Deanna for being a part of this episode. Do you want to be a part of economy this year? Sign up for your ticket. Just head over to simplifyandenjoy.com slash economy. Because you're a listener, Deanna was kind enough to offer a discount code. Type in SIMPLIFYENJOY to save 10% on your ticket. Reserve one now before they sell out. As always, I'll include links to that as well as other resources to help you craft a financial independence plan for your family over in the show notes at simplifyandenjoy.com. Next week, on the podcast, we're going to be talking about a hurdle that many families are dealing with right now, which is debt. We'll go over how to negotiate with your bills to work out a payment plan that makes sense for you. We're also going to be talking about your rights and the protections that are available when collectors cross the line and start harassing you. So if you don't want to miss out on the episode, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. It's free. It's free. We're on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you get your podcasts from. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from Lee Rosevere and various artists from audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. If you have a question or topic you want covered on the podcast, please send it in. Sign up at SimplifyAndEnjoy.com join to be a VIP. It's free, and you'll also be updated when new episodes, articles, or videos come out. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.